0: What's your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all for your fantasy team. Fantasy football podcast. What's your fantasy? This fantasy football podcast is... Recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy, your fantasy football
1: team? What's going on fantasy football enthusiasts? Thanks for joining me today. I'm Josh Anderson and you guys are listening to What's Your Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you guys for joining me today. It's Friday, December 28th. Um, I appreciate you guys listening in. I hope you guys had a great week and a great holiday. I'll be honest with you guys. I did not have a great, uh, not a great week for me um, for more than one reason. Um, I am getting over um, a little sickness, um, just a little sinus infection that I've had for about, you know, about a week and a half or so. Um, I just got back in town from um, up north uh, just last night at 4 a.m. in the morning, uh, so 4 in the morning I got in. Um, so I, I, needless to say, I didn't get much sleep last night. So I'm kind of running on fumes. And then to uh, you know uh, to top it all off, I actually you know if you guys listened in last week, um, I managed to make it to the championship in uh, one of three of my leagues, um, and I failed to win that matchup. I lost um, by nearly half of a point. Um, I lost 142. um, I think I think it was 142.5 to uh, 141.8, something like that. So um, I think I got that right. 142.5 to 141.8. So uh, you know, it came down to literally just yards. You know, maybe maybe you know, a catch or two. Um, you know, it was it was it came down to the wire. It was a tough loss for me. Um so I I've, I've had it a, you know, kind of a difficult week, but um, you know, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things, get back to you guys with some content. Um just in case you guys are still competing for something in one of your leagues. Um strangely enough, I'm actually still competing for something in one of my leagues. Um, you know, I'm actually in the consolation bracket for one of my leagues, but um, you know, and, and uh the way that it works in that particular league is if I, win, if I win out, then I will um, be able to choose. I'll have some sort of impact on my draft position next year for that same league. So um, currently, I have the choice between the first, second, third, or fourth pick of the draft, um, so long as I come away with a win this week. If I lose, then there's one person that may be choosing before me. Um, so it's kind of up in the air. We'll see what happens with that, but... Um, you know, if you guys are still in the same if you guys are in the same boat, um, or let's say your championship is in week seventeen, hopefully I can help I can help you guys out. If nothing else, hope you guys are entertained by this episode. I hope you guys enjoy the, the content. Um and you know, maybe we can just talk a little bit about what happened this previous week um and, and stuff like that. So, you know, before we get started, I wanna do I do wanna talk about something real quick. I just wanna talk about, you know, fantasy advice and, you know, how to kind of evaluate, you know, some of the advice that you guys get, um, because, you know, there are a lot of analysts out there and there, there are some that are, they're right. Sometimes there are some that are wrong. Sometimes some more than others. Um, and you know, this is something that kind of hit me the other day. And, you know, it's, it's something I, I think I've actually kind of, I kind of, I've kind of given this some thought in the past, but I kind of forgot about it in a way. Um, and, you know, it's something just good to realize. And and if you're an experienced fantasy football, um, fantasy football player, then you you probably already already understand this or probably have already thought about this stuff in the past. But, um, you know, just wanted to talk about it real quick and just kind of, you know, you know, let you guys in on kind of how I feel about this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I'm going to start with, you know, I'm going to, you know, like I said before, there's analysts out there that, you know, that some of them are, are very good at what they do. Some of them are very bad at what they do. Um, hopefully, you know, you know, I'm, I'm grouped in that first category, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, you know, regardless, you know, some, some of them, even the good ones, they just make bad calls and that's just going to happen. Like some of them, and I'm not making any excuse for any of the bad calls that I've made, you know, I'll end up to all the bad calls that I've made over the past several weeks. But, um, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's never, it's never, um, you know, if somebody makes a bad call, gives a ba- gives you bad advice. It's never, um, you know, on purpose. It's just that is their particular opinion about a certain player or a team um, or, or an offense or whatever. So, uh, you know, it's just important to understand that everybody's going to have a different opinion, um, you know, or most, you know, there's a lot of analysts that are going to have differing opinions different players and so you know what I've kind of found is it's important to you know it's important to listen you know I I mentioned a couple episodes ago that it's important to you know listen to new opinions and new ideas like it's always important to listen to new ideas because you know you may be able to take somebody's information and use it to your advantage in your league but you know you know and I say that and you know at the same time, I think it's good to formulate your own opinion about different players, especially in fantasy football. So, um, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, every now and then I'll listen to. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Matthew Barry, who's an analyst over at ESPN. Um, you know, in, in ESPN Fantasy. Uh, you know, he he does. Um, you know, he writes several articles a week. He has a podcast that he does with several other, uh, of his colleagues. And, um, you know, one of the best, you know, he a complete goof, you know, like he's, he's a really goofy guy, but he gives pretty good advice most of the time. And, you know, one of the best articles that I've ever read of his was his, uh, I believe it was, it was titled my 100 facts column or my 50 facts column or, or some of to that effect. And so, um, you know, it's titled, you know, my X number of facts or whatever, um, but then he goes on, you know, to say, you know, before he even starts stating some of the facts in his, um, column, which are about certain fantasy football players. Like he may say, you know, uh, Drew Brees, he threw for, you know, however many yards last season per game, you know, what, you know, he, and, you know, he'll, he'll give some sort of fact, you know, but, um, you know, he also, ironically enough, like he says in this column that you know, that even though like, you know, he, you may read a fact that everything is a lie. And like so he completely contradicts like his column in a way. Like he says like everything is a fact in, in in this column, but but everything is a lie also. So and what the point is, what he means is, you know, just because you read a piece of fantasy advice, um, that doesn't mean that you, just, you necessarily should take it. So like what he's ultimately saying is you have to formulate a, an opinion on your own. So, you know, there's, you know, there, and I'm not going to name any names, but there's one particular analyst out there that, you know, they're a very, um, well known and, uh, you know, very, you know, they're, they've, they've been doing this for a long time. So they've had success with with fantasy football, but, there are certain takes on, you know, that they, um, there are certain, there are certain takes on players that they've made in the past and I'll read them and I'll say, no, I just don't buy that. You know, whatever it is, if they say, you know, Oh yeah, Drew Brees, he's, he needs to be on your bench this week because he's got a bad matchup with, uh, you know, whoever, you know, I may read that and I may say, you know, okay, I see what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but I don't agree with it. And so, I think what it, that's what it comes down to when you are taking fantasy football advice from people is, you know, you have to ask your question, you have to ask the question, do I buy that? Do I buy that? And really what it is, is you got to trust your gut. And so um, that's something that I, I wished I had done this past week. I kind of, you know, did some research, uh, you know, I read a little bit about some certain players um, you know, about, you know, stats and about like, you know, matchups and, and stuff like that. And it discouraged me from playing some particular players when I actually could have played those players and that would have catapulted me into, um, you know, I would have been, I would have been, I would be host, I would be hoisting that trophy now for my champ for my, uh, fantasy league championship. So, um, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, now, You know, and I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. Like, nobody cares about my fantasy team, and I understand that. But, you know, now I have to have that bad taste in my mouth for the next year or so. Um, And so, you know, what would feel a lot better is if I had made my own decision, you know, and then, like, if I lost, I lost. But if I won, then I'd feel really good about it. So, you know, I talk about this stuff because fantasy football is just one of those Things, one of those hobbies that it's just so frustrating, you know, if you lose, because, you know, once you make that decision, that's it, you know, like it, you know, it makes me personally, it makes me very angry because, you know, once I've made that decision to either play a player, play a player or sit a player, that's it. Like I, once the, once the game has started, I have no control over the situation. I think that's why fantasy football is so frustrating to some people at the same time it's very gratifying when you make a good decision because you know, you made the right decision. So, but it's just so painfully frustrating when you make the wrong decision because it's too late and you have no control over, you know, you have no control over what Phillip river, do, but what Philip rivers does once he's in your lineup and the game has started, that's it. You know, you, it doesn't matter if you, you thought he had a great matchup, if he had a, an okay matchup, if he had a bad matchup, you know, once the game has started, you have no control over what happens. So, Again, listen to other opinions, listen to new ideas, and listen to you know what other people are saying about different players. But also, you know, make sure that you're making your own decisions. You know, make your make sure you're you're trusting your gut and you're you're still evaluating each situation. Um, you know, just because you know if you if if your gut is telling you to start a particular player and everyone else is saying don't start them, you know, you just need to be able to make sense of why it is you're going to start that particular player, you know, you know, cause ultimately I think that is, um, you know, that that's what can keep you sane playing fantasy football. Like otherwise you're going to drive yourself crazy. If you're just listening to everybody else and making your decisions, com- you know, based completely off of what other analysts are, are, are telling you. So again, make sure you guys are making your own decisions, trust your gut. Um, and I think, Uh, more often than not, you're going to be pleased with the result. I think, uh, I think you guys will, will be pleased doing that more than just listening to uh, somebody else's advice and and following their advice to a T. So that's all I got for that, for you guys on that. Let's get into some games, uh, some game review. And then I'm also going to talk about upcoming matchups, um, as well. I'm going to try to keep these reviews pretty short. You know, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on them. Uh, Last week's episode was painfully long, so I'm going to try to keep it uh, kind of short and sweet for you guys this week. So um, I do want to mention before I talk about any games that Week 17, if you are new to fantasy football, Week 17 is very, very different from every other week. So Week 17, um, a lot of these teams have already locked up their seeds, uh, their seeding for the playoffs. So it's important to mention that because – a lot of these coaches, and most of them, um, if they have already locked up, let's say they've already locked, the, locked up the number one seed, or uh, they've already locked up the number three seed, or whatever, you know, because it, winning or losing has no impact on their seeding, they are going to sit their starters. So that's what happens oftentimes. Uh, there are some organizations that aren't going to do that, or they claim not to do that. So I think it's important to, you know, just kind of mention that and and make sure you guys understand that um even though like some of these teams you know uh, you know you've been relying on them you've been relying, relying on their fantasy players um you know every weekend and week out they may not be playing in week 17 so um make sure you have some sort of contingency plan if that happens okay um and then also keep in mind that there are some teams that have a locked up playoff spot and they claim that they are playing their players okay and they are going to play uh their starting running back and their starting quarterback Um, you know, that's something that's tough to evaluate. You know, I, um, that's one of those things that's a coach speak. Is it, you know, are they being truthful? Like some teams are, are very transparent. Some teams are not. Um, so I'll do my best to try to give you guys some good advice, but just understand that, you know, if a team has locked up a playoff spot and winning in, or, you know, winning has no impact on whether they change their playoff spot, then, um, there could be some room for. Uh, some weird things to happen. So some unexpected things to happen. So the truth is, we just don't always know what's going to happen with these situations, which is why I prefer not to play in a league that plays in week 17. So um, if you are, you know, just recently, you recently uh, decided to be a commissioner of a league and you guys are playing in week 17, um, I recommend not doing that in the future. It, there's just too many variables up in up in the air, like you know, playing in week 17, you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, they could call some random guy up from the practice squad and he could be the starting running back or the starting wide receiver or starting quarterback for that matter. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, i just really, really, I urge you not to do that to yourself and to your team, your, your league mates. Um, you know, playing in week 17, it could be very, very painful if you have never done that before. So, uh, that's my take on that. Anyways, We'll get on with it. The next, uh, the first matchup I have for you guys this weekend is the Buffalo Bills that take on the Miami Dolphins, um, in Buffalo. Uh, so you know, Kalen Balaj. I'm going to talk about him first. Um, you know, just real briefly. Um, as far as the running back situation goes in Miami, I just don't understand. I don't get it. I and, and really my big big takeaway is this: I don't trust Adam Gase. Okay, so I actually uh, picked up. Kalen Bellage, um in one of my leagues, a keeper league at that. So in this particular league, um, you can keep two players um, each year. You uh, it's an auction draft league, and so the way it works is you you know you you you, um, you know for whatever you drafted them uh, the previous year, uh, you can keep them uh, the following year um for 5 additional dollars out of your auction draft budget. So um you know, Kalen Blosh has a good week last week, so I I end up picking him up thinking, you know, okay, he was really efficient with his touches last week. You know, I uh you know, he this could this could be a really good keeper in the future. And then um against uh you know, uh, you know, he, this past week you know, pretty underwhelming performance. You know, he gets less than ten touches, I believe, after having twelve touches last week for over a hundred yards. Um, you know, and so my takeaway with is this: is this, and and this is kind of how I've felt about the running back situation in Miami all season with Kenyon Drake. I don't trust Adam Gase. I, I just don't. Um, you know, he, he's had some weird kind of things happen when he's, you know, while he's been the head coach in Miami, you know, with the, you know, you know, it's, and it's hard to say like how much of this was, you know, him or, and how much of this was, you know, the players that he's been coaching, but, you know, there was the Jay Ajayi, you know, fiasco last year where, um, you know, or, you know, excuse me, the year before where, you know, he just didn't travel with the team, you know, the first game or two of the season. Um, then it was the Arian Foster show, and then Arian Foster gets hurt, and then here comes Jay Ajayi, and then Arian Foster retires, and then the year after, Kenyon Drake comes out of nowhere, and, you know, it's Kenyon Drake, and then, oh, wait, no, it's it's Damian Williams, and, oh, wait, we're going to trade Jay Ajayi away, and you know, then this year people, you know, there, there were, it was kind of split. Like there was a lot of people saying that, you know, it's, Ken, it's going to be the Kenyon Drake show. Kenyon Drake's going to be a top 10 running back. And then some people were saying, no, Kenyon Drake's going to be a bust because it's Adam Gase. And I feel like the Adam Gase people or the, the you know, the, the people they were saying that, that Kenyon Drake was going to bust were, you know, more, I think there were more correct. Um, I think Kenyon Drake is a talented player, but Adam Gase, I just don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust the usage. Um, I think, if, you know if Kenyon Drake got the amount of touches that some of these other bell cow running backs were getting then he probably would be a top 10 running back but um it's just it's just kind of frustrating you know you you watch you know you know it, it just it doesn't make much sense to me what Adam Gase is doing but um, that's my big takeaway i don't know how you can trust anybody in this backfield you just don't know who it's going to be from week to week um you know I, i've tried to predict it in the past and i've just failed miserably so i'm just going to stop doing it um, until I can kind of some somehow get some clarity on Adam Gase and his coaching decisions, you know, as far as who he chooses to to you know to get a lot of touches at running back, um, I'm just not going to try to predict it anymore. So, um, if you choose to start a running back from the Miami Dolphins, then you are you are gambling. So, um, what I will say is that the Buffalo Bills they are pretty um, they're pretty favorable, you know, as far as running back uh, fantasy points go. Um, they give up the, uh, the, 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 ninth most points to the running back position. Um, so, it's, you know, it's a pretty good matchup as far as, you know, it's pretty friendly, fantasy friendly to running backs. Um, but again, I just don't know, you don't know who it's going to be. So, um, you know, if I was going into one of those, you know, million dollar, you know, FanDuel games or, or, or you know, whatever, um, I, I would maybe, take a chance on Kenyon Drake or Kalen Balazs. But even in that situation, I don't know who I wanted to, I don't know who I'd want to choose. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Kalen Balazs just cause I think he'll be cheap. Um, but yeah, again, I just, I just don't know who to trust in this backfield. I just don't know who it's going to be from week to week. So, um, hard for me to, to trust them, um, regardless of the situation, whether I'm in the championship or whether I'm trying to avoid a last place punishment. Um, I, I uh, I don't have a lot of, I, I really don't feel confident in starting either one of these guys, um, I'm not really crazy about starting any of the um, pass catchers for Miami. Um, you know, I think the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills are pretty tough on wide, on wide receivers from a fantasy perspective. They give up the fifth fewest points to the wide receiver position. Um, you know, if you're looking for a, uh, you know, a big a big play guy, I mean, that's, I think that's Kenny Stills, but I don't really feel great about doing that. So I'm probably going to stay away from this uh, wide receiver core. Um, I'm probably going to stay away from the running backs. I'm probably going to just stay away from the offense in general, if I can. So, um, I feel okay about Kalen Balaj. Uh, you know, as far as dynasty goes, um, he's really the guy I would want, uh, in Miami, you know, just cause you know, you don't know, you know, you never know what hap- what's going to happen with the coaching situations. And, and, you know, who knows how long Adam Gase is going to be the, with the Miami Dolphins. Um, so, you know, I'll just, I'm just going to say that I, uh, I would be interested, you know, I think it's interesting to, you know, if Kalen Blage is out there and you still can, maybe pick him up and uh, just see what happens next year. Um, as far as the Buffalo Bills go, Buffalo Bills to take on the uh, New England Patriots last week. Um, and, you know, I was talking about Josh Allen last week and how I thought that, you know, he would still have a decent day against the, the Patriots. Um, not so much. You know, we've seen the rushing kind of go down the past, uh, you know, past little, you know, few weeks. Um, I still like him in the long term. You know, he's a guy I'm probably gonna take a late, like a late, uh late round flyer on uh, next year in my drafts, and just you know, just see what happens. If they can get another weapon or two around him, then I feel pretty good about it, um, about him and his his future fantasy wise, and in real football for that matter. Um, I think he's very athletic. Um, you know, since he's taking on Ma- Miami this week, you know, I feel pretty good about his chances of having a good day against Miami. The Miami Dolphins are kind of middle of the pack as far as giving up points to the quarterback position. Um, You know, I, I, uh, the the good thing about Josh Allen is that, you know, he, you know, the good thing about him or what you can kind of hang your hat on is he does have that ability to, uh, you know, just take off and and produce fantasy points with his legs. So um, I think that's still there. I don't know why we haven't seen it recently, but um, I still feel good about his, you know, his fantasy outlook. I think he could, you know, be a guy that, um, you know, if if you're, you know, if you're listening to this and maybe you've, you know, kind of had some bad luck at, you know, the quarterback position, maybe you were an Alex Smith owner or or somebody like that. And you, you know, just don't have uh, many options, you know, I would okay. I'm okay with starting Josh Allen this week and, and, you know, just hope that maybe he kind of returns to the, um, you know, what he was doing before with these like 90 and 100 yard rushing games. So, um, as far as the pass catchers go, Um, I still think Robert Foster is a decent play from the Buffalo Bills. I think Zay Jones is also a decent play. I think they're kind of similar players, which is what what makes it kind of difficult to, um, you know, figure out who to start from this offense, from the wide receiver core. Um, I think they're both kind of Deshaun Jackson. Like I think they're both big play, uh, big play guys. So, I mean, they could be, you know, they're boom or bust. They, they could, you know, have three. They may, may only have three catches for you, but they may be. You know, they may have. You may have hundred yards and a touchdown from them. So, um, you know, those are the only guys I'm really interested in starting from the from um, the Bills. The Bills' backfield is an absolute mess. Um, you know, it, it's. Uh, you know, I, I don't doubt LaShawn McCoy's talent, um, but you know the the offense in general. You know, it isn't great right now. Um, I think it could get better next season. You know, can't get much worse, I guess. But, um, you know, LaShawn McCoy only has six rushes last week for nine yards, so he's very, very inefficient. Um, he has three catches for ten yards. Um, he's only scored three touchdowns – or, sorry, sorry, he's only scored uh, two touchdowns all season long. Um, they, they also came in the same game against the New York Jets. Um, you know, I don't feel good about starting LaShawn McCoy, um I'm hoping that Lashawn McCoy can kind of end up somewhere next year that he can be a little more fantasy relevant and just be more relevant in general you know and just in real football too. Um so we'll see what happens. I believe um his contract um he, I feel, I, feel, I think I'm pretty sure his contract is up this season. So we'll see what happens with that. Next game I have for you, the Detroit Lions that take on the Green Bay Packers um in Green Bay. So We'll talk about the Green Bay Packers first. Uh, Aaron Rodgers last week. So we were talking about Aaron Rodgers last week, and we weren't sure if he was going to play or not. And uh, he did not end up playing, and he ended up balling out, actually. So um, he has a huge, huge game last week. Um, he has – he combines for four touchdowns. I believe he had two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Um, so that certainly will help. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously going to be a start this week against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, um, they – are, you know, just in general, you know, as far as their team goes, you know, there, there's plenty of opportunities uh, for scoring, you know, just because their offense kind of lacks a lot of playmakers uh, right now, you know, with their, their starting running back on injured reserve. Um, the Detroit Lions, they kind of, they rank in the bottom, bottom half of, um, the bottom half as far as giving up points to uh, quarterbacks, um, in fantasy. So they give up quite a few points to the quarterback position in fantasy. So I anticipate that Aaron Rodgers has, has a nice game again here. Um, didn't expect him to have as good of a game as he did last week. He, um, you know, he he just blows up even without the rushing touchdowns. He still had, uh, 400 yards passing. So, um, I think he continues to do that this week. Um, some people might be asking about Darius Slay and, uh, you know, how he's going to be matched up with, uh, Devontae Adams I'm not scared of that Devontae Adams is a star for me this week um, you know back in week nine um, Devontae Adams still had a very nice game against um, against Darius Slay and the um, Detroit Lions so I think he still has a good day here um, as well Devontae Adams has been you know I think this is a guy that's a lot of people have kind of you know haven't really been thinking about a whole lot this season but you know he's been so so consistent that he's worked his way into uh, the number two uh, wide receiver in PPR scoring. So um, he's had just an absolute monster season. Um, back in week five, actually, it was. it was Back in week five, he has nine catches. He has 140 yards and a touchdown. So I'm firing up Devontae Adams this week. The the matchup with Darius Slay does not scare me away. Um, as far as Jamal Williams goes, um, fire him up this week. The, the Detroit Lions give up quite a few points to the running back position. Um, you know, and here's the thing about Jamal Williams, uh, without Aaron Jones in the, in the picture, Ar- Jamal Williams, it, I don't think it matters who he plays. He's going to be, you know, at worst, I think he's going to be a top 15 play no matter who he's up against, just because he's getting so much run. So, you know, without Ty Montgomery, without Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams is getting all this run in an Aaron Rodgers led offense. Um, he's got to be in your lineup. So um, if he's not in your lineup already, find a way to get him in there. Um, from the Detroit side, so uh, really only players I'm interested in starting, only player rather, I'm interested in starting from the Detroit side um, is Kenny Galladay. So Kenny Galladay, um, he is the one that you know he's going to be the guy that's going to be getting, um, he's going to be getting the volume in this offense. Like no one else is really um, anybody that you can really you know, trust. If you ask me, in my opinion, he drew a difficult matchup last week against Xavier Rhodes and the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but still has an okay day. I mean, all things considered, he had six catches for 58 yards. Um, so, uh, against green Bay, the green Bay Packers give up the fifth most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. So you got to feel good about starting Kenny Galladay this week. Um, you know, it's been a long, it's a long story, but you know, in, in uh, multiple leagues, Um, for, for, for different reasons, I had to actually drop, um, rather I had to, um, well, there was one, one league I had to drop Kenny Galladay because of roster space. And then another league I had to trade him away because, um, you know, there was, there was a need I, I had, um, I think it was at running back if I remember correctly. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, I just, you know, if I could go back in time, you know, knowing what I know now and knowing that I, I wasn't going to make it to the championship anyways, um, one of those leagues was actually a keeper league. I'm I'm upset with myself that I did not hold on to Kenny Galladay. I think Kenny Galladay, um, you know, if you can still, you know, somehow, I mean, you know, let's say, I don't know, if for whatever reason, uh, maybe you're in a league, you know, with somebody like me and, you, and then somebody dropped Kenny Galladay and he's sitting out there on waivers. You got to go pick him up if you're in a keeper or dynasty league. I think this guy is a very, very talented player. He's going to be the the wide receiver that you want in Detroit next year. Um, I think that you, you know, I know it sounds crazy. He could be a top fifteen receiver next year, though. So if you can get him, um, and you can get him at a discounted rate, I mean, who knows? This guy could could catapult into the top ten. Like for all we know, it's a bad team. Um, You know, the Detroit Lions. I don't foresee them being. Um, you know, I don't foresee them, uh, you know, taking over that division anytime soon. I think more, you know, more likely than not, they're going to be behind in most of their games next season. So, um, I think Kenny Galladay is a very interesting ad in keeper and dynasty leagues. Next up, we have the New York jets that take on the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Um, from the New York jets side, uh, the player that I'm very, very interested in, is Robbie Anderson. So Robbie Anderson, he, you know, at the beginning of the season, pretty underwhelming, but since Quincy Inunua has been out, um, he has really developed this relationship, this rapport with Sam Darnold. So Robbie Anderson, the past three weeks, he has a touchdown in each of his games. um, you know, against Buffalo, he has four catches for 76 yards. Against Houston, he has seven catches for 96 yards. And, in, and against Green Bay, he has nine catches for 140 yards. And on all, all those games, he had a touchdown. So um, when Quincy Inunua is out, he Robbie Anderson just gets lit up with the, all these targets. So, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he's been considered a little bit of a boomer bust play, but without any other receiving options uh, in New York, you know, Robbie Anderson is a very, very viable fantasy play. So, um, you know, man, I I I, uh, I feel like he is a must-start this week against New England. I know New England is very good about taking away your best player, but um, the Jets are going to get behind in this game. I think Sam Darnold is going to be looking for Robbie Anderson. Um, he's developed a good, a good rapport with him these past three weeks especially. Um, you know, he's getting the volume, guys. Like, I think that he has to be in your lineup this week. Um, the New England Patriots, they are – Um, you know, they, they are kind of, um, you know, they, they are kind of tougher against the wide receiver, wide receivers, um, in fantasy, but, um, that's not scaring me away. I think the volume is there for Robbie Anderson. He's got big playability. Um, he's, he's got, I think he's got to be in your lineup in week 17. So, um, it'd be tough for me not to start him this week. So, um, as far, as far as Sam Donald goes, you know, I'm kind of okay with starting Sam Darnold this week. You know, the the Patriots are, you know, okay against um the quarterback uh you know, against quarterbacks in fantasy. Um, you know, Sam Darnold, he's actually kind of uh surprised me lately. He's done pretty well. He had a pretty good game against Houston, um, two hundred and fifty three yards and two touchdowns. And then against Green Bay, he has three hundred and forty one yards and three touchdowns. So um pretty good fantasy days these past two weeks. Um You know, I know he would be trusted it would be hard to trust in um in in your championship. So you're probably not um, I imagine if you're in the championship this week and you're you know, let's say your your championship is in week seventeen and you're playing um, you're playing for your championship this week. Um you probably got somebody better than than Sam Darnold, I imagine. But let's say you're you know, maybe you're playing for the Sacco, maybe you're playing uh for maybe you're trying to avoid a last place punishment. Um you know, I'm okay with playing Sam Darnold this week against the, the New England Patriots. I expect them to be behind. I expect them to be behind pretty early in the game. Um, so I'm okay with uh, with with playing Sam Darnold this week. So, uh, Quince, uh excuse me, Elijah, Elijah McGuire. He uh, continues to be a pretty solid, um, a pretty solid, uh, you know, volume play for uh, fantasy managers. So, um, each of the last three weeks, he has a touchdown in each game. Um, you know, he, he's not being terribly efficient with his touches, but, you know, he's getting the volume and I, I you know, if, if, a, if, if a player's getting enough volume, then they could be there, you know, this is what happens. They could be catapulted, um, to fantasy relevance. So, um, I feel good about Elijah McGuire, you know, as far as, you know, the flex consideration, the Patriots are, um, they're tougher against the running back position. Um, but you know, he's just, he's getting enough volume that he's very, very fantasy relevant. So, um, like I said, a touchdown in each of the last three games, um, you know, if he, you know, if he has 60, you know, if he has 60 yards rushing and then 20 or 30 yards receiving and a touchdown, then it's a pretty good day from your flex position. So, um, as far as the Patriots side goes, so, um, you know, I just don't think you can start Gronk anymore. You know, he's he's the big player that comes to mind for me. Uh, Rob Gronkowski kind of fooled me a couple weeks ago, um, you know, when he had a big game against the uh, Miami Dolphins. He has zero catches last week against the Buffalo Bills. I just don't know what's going on with Rob Gronkowski right now. I know he's probably still hurting. He's probably not healthy. But man, oh man, this is just a weird, weird situation. Tom Brady hasn't really been quite the quarterback he's been in the past, but Um, you know, I I never would have imagined that Rob Gronkowski would have have as bad of a season as he has had. Um, I traded him, I traded Rob Gronkowski a few weeks ago, um, before the trade deadline in one of my leagues. I am very, very thankful that I did that. I think that, um, even though, you know, I still didn't make it to the championship in that particular league. I think that, um, you know, I think that was the right move. I mean, he really has been just absolutely brutal this year. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping that he gets back on track next year. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, just with his um, skill set, I, I imagine it's it, there's nowhere to go, but up for him from Rob Gronkowski. Um, Sony Michelle last week, Sony Michelle actually has a pretty good game. Um, you know, but you know, I did not really expect that he was another guy that was on my bench and I, uh, in my fantasy championship. Um, you know, just cause I just, I wasn't sure who it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be James White or Sony Michelle. I just felt like I couldn't really trust him. Um, you know, kind of kicking myself for that, but Um, you know, that was one of those things, the Buffalo bills, they are, you know, not very good against running backs. Um, they're, 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 they're very fantasy friendly when it comes to running backs. So, um, and, uh, you know, really, I think the jets, I think, uh, you know, the jets just got torn up, uh, by the, um, by Jamal Williams and the Packers, Um, I expect Sonny Michelle to have a pretty decent day here. Um, I, I would have Sonny Michelle back in my lineup. You know, he is back in my good graces. He is in a starting lineup for me this week. So I think you can start him and feel pretty good about it. I think the new England Patriots are going to be leading in this game pretty early on. And so I I think Sonny Michelle is going to get plenty of work in this game. This seems like, this just feels like one of those games that it feels like a Sonny Michelle game because you know, because the the New England Patriots are just head and shoulders above and better than the New the New York Jets. Moving on to New Orleans um, and Carolina, so the Saints take on the Panthers in New Orleans, um, and the Saints have been very very transparent with what their intentions are for this game. Um, Drew Brees is not playing; Teddy Bridgewater will be playing in this game, and I think that's very telling about the other position players in this game as well. So. Me personally, um, you know, the guys that you are typically starting from this offense, your, um, you know, your your Drew Brees, your Alvin Kamara, your uh, Michael Thomas. I don't think you can start any of these guys. So, uh, you know, some people may be thinking, oh, well, at least they can be like a, a solid RB two or a flex consideration. I don't think that's the case. So, if this team this team has clinched home field advantage in the playoffs, they have nothing to play for in this game. this This game has no impact. On their seating for the playoffs, so I don't know why they would risk these other these other players. I don't know. They're already not going to risk Drew Brees. I would argue that Alvin Kamara is just as important to this offense as Drew Brees. You know, they the the, the Saints they do like to run the ball. Um, Alvin Kamara has been terrific this year. I don't see why they would. Risk, uh, you know, playing Alvin Kamara either. So they haven't come out and said it. They haven't come out and said that Alvin Kamara is not playing. But, you know, I think at best, I mean, I think Alvin Kamara might come out and play, you know, a couple, you know, a couple drives. Is that something you can really, you know, I don't, I don't think that, um, I don't think you can like, I don't think you can be comfortable with starting Alvin Kamara knowing that he's only going to get at best a couple of drives. And, you know, really, If I'm being you know, if I'm being completely honest, it doesn't look like just from the eye test, it doesn't look like Alvin Kamara has been um, terribly efficient with some of his his carries lately either. Um, I don't think that the Saints are going to go in here to this game and they're going to start you know passing to Alvin Kamara a lot out of the backfield because I don't think they're going to need to. First of all, Um, I I don't think that I don't think Alvin Kamara can be. I don't think you can put him in your lineup and be very confident that. Um, he he has a good fantasy day here. And I think the same goes for Michael Thomas, not as much, but pretty darn close. So um, you know, the one thing I noticed about the Saints offense is they really don't have a number two wide receiver. you know, they their number two wide receiver, it's Alvin Kamara. So I mean, michael Thomas, I, I mean he i, I don't I'm, I'm struggling to think of a team right now off the top of my head um that 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 has a more important wide receiver and what i mean is you know because you know there there, there is just kind of this um it seems to me that there is a big drop off between you know um you know the skill level between the talent between uh, Michael Thomas and the other receivers in this on this team um i don't know how, why the new orleans saints would risk michael thomas in this game i just don't see how that how they would do that. I don't know. I don't know how they could feel good about doing that. So I don't feel good about starting any of those guys, um, from this team. The only player, the only player that I could see somebody making an argument for, um, is, is, uh, is Mark Ingram. And so the only reason I say that is just cause you know, Mark Ingram, you know, I don't think that, you know, if the, if the saints play Mark Ingram this week, I don't think that that, risks a whole lot for the saints you know we've seen that the saints um are still a good offense without mark ingram we saw it in the first four weeks of the season when mark ingram was suspended um you know i think that mark ingram is, is is important to this team but i could see him getting some run in this game i could see them just handing the ball off to mark ingram and saying and telling mark ingram hey like let's grind out a win here let's give you know our veteran running back 20 carries Um, you know, it's not like Mark Ingram has, has gotten worn down this season. He, he didn't play the first four games of the season. He's been splitting touches with Alvin Kamara. I could see a scenario where the saints say, okay, Mark Ingram, you know, go, let's go grind out a win here. And they may load him up with touches. So he could be a sneaky play. If he's, if he's on your team, I wouldn't be all that surprised if he got, you know, 15 to 20 touches in this game. Um, at the same time though, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, just, uh, you know, just, you know, didn't get him much run either. So um, he is an older running back, you know, in comparison to some of the other guys in the league, you know, he's still a young guy, but he's, he's still older than, than many of them, you know, you know, than near Alvin Kamara's and Saquon Barkley. So it is still risky for them to play him. And again, they're not playing for anything here. There's no, you know, there's no motivation for them to win this game. So, um, you know, so even that, I think I think Mark Ingram is a sneaky play, but he's still very very risky. Everybody on this team for the Saints is risky. So um, you know, unless you're playing DFS and you want to fire up Teddy Bridgewater, stay away from this team. On the Carolina Panthers side, the only player that you are interested in starting is Christian McCaffrey. So um, there have been some rumors that Christian McCaffrey. You know that they're, they're they're they want to rest Christian McCaffrey or they've kind of hinted at maybe they'll rest Christian McCaffrey this game. I don't know why they would do that. They've been eliminated from the playoffs for you know for a while now. Like they' I mean, even when they they weren't eliminated, their their chances of of uh, of of making the playoffs were pretty slim. Um, I don't I don't know why they would all of a sudden start you know or all of a sudden sit Christian McCaffrey now. Um, I know he's gotten a lot of work. He's gotten a lot of run these, these past several weeks, but at this point, what's one more game, you know, like I don't understand why they would rest him now. He's about to get a whole off season of rest. So I think he's the most fantasy relevant player from this offense. I just don't understand why they would, um, why, why they would sit Christian McCaffrey. I I don't understand that narrative there. I, I don't think that that happens. If, if Christian McCaffrey is active for this game. Than I am playing him um, unless I hear something otherwise so I think this is worth monitoring the next couple of days if uh you know the, the Panthers come out and say something if they if they come out and and say that they're only going to get christian McCaffrey a drive or two or if they they if they make him inactive then of course don't play him um you know in your fantasy championship um you know I don't I don't know how confident you could feel. About starting a guy that's only going to get a couple drives. I mean, in a game where you're in a matchup, where you're probably going to have to put up a decent amount of fantasy points um, because it will be against a better team. Um, no, I'm 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 not interested in playing somebody that's only going to co- get a, only going to get a couple drives. But again, that's not my prediction for this game. I think that Christian McCaffrey has a, uh, another good game here. I would be starting him if he's in my if he's on my team. As far as the pass catchers go here, you know, um, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Cam Newton is. Um, he's, he is, you know, out for the rest of the season. Um, he, uh, you know, has a shoulder issue, um, shoulder injury. So, um, you know, I don't, I couldn't even tell you the guy that's playing for them. I don't know if it's their backup or their backups backup, but, um, you know, none of these guys to me are startable for the, for the, uh, Carolina Panthers, all the pass catchers, I'm leaving them on the bench. Hopefully Cam Newton can get healthy over this off season. I know he's kind of dealt with some shoulder injury, Um, you know, shoulder issues in the past. So hopefully he can overcome that. Um, we'll see what happens to him next year. The next matchup I have for you guys, the Dallas Cowboys, they visit the New York Giants. Um, I don't, I don't understand what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, they, they, they claim that they're going to play their guys. Um, these are the, the words of Jerry Jones, supposedly, um, you know, Dallas, them winning has no impact on their playoff, um, on their, on their playoff, um, picture. So like, you know, they, they are locked. They have, they are, they have locked in the number four seed. Um, I don't know why they would bother playing Dak Prescott. I don't know why they would bother, uh, start, you know, playing Ezekiel Elliott, Mari Cooper, you know, this, this offense already kind of lacks a lot of playmakers to begin with. Like I would be very scared to see what would happen if they started throwing in, if they had to rely on some, some backups. So I don't understand why they would um, go there. I don't know why they would bother playing some of these guys. So that they claim that they're starting these guys. I don't buy it. Um, They may start But they're not going to play much. I just don't think that's the case. They have no reason to play. They have no reason to win. Um, I think, you know, some of these teams they they like the routine. They like to like stay in that routine and like prepare like they normally prepare. They don't like to get out of get out of you know their normal routine because then they get into like a a quote unquote funk. So like I don't know if that's what's going on with this team, but I don't feel comfortable. with, with relying on these guys, like we have been in the past. So, you know, if, if Dak Prescott has been a QB two for you for the past several weeks, um, I don't feel comfortable with him being a QB two for you this week. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, I know it, it, it pains me to, it would pain me to have to sit him. So I'm, I don't think I would sit him. Um, you know, just, because you just never, I mean, who knows with, who knows with the Dallas Cowboys that are not being very transparent. Um, you know, but I, I just, I, it'd be tough for me. It'd be tough for me to sit him, but um, I, I can't consider him anything more than a flex. So if you, if you got somebody, you know, if you, if, if you've been fortunate to, to go and pick up some guys, like, you know, I don't know, like if you're I don't know what your roster construction looks like, but you know, maybe you're really deep at wide receiver. Maybe you have some, some wide receivers that are, you know, really um they have favorable matchups this week. You know, maybe you, you maybe you start two of them, you throw one of them in your flex, and maybe you're fortunate enough to pick up, you know, Jamal Williams and um, you know, maybe, uh I don't know, maybe an Elijah Maguire. Like honestly, I'd probably go with those guys just because you know those guys are gonna be playing the entire game, or at least we think so. So I, I just uh man, I would it would be hard for me to rely on Ezekiel Elliott as an RB one this week. I just don't know if I could do it. Um, same thing goes for the rest of the uh Dallas offense. I just don't think they're gonna play the the whole game. I don't think they have any reason to play the whole game. I think at the very best, the very best, I think they're gonna play maybe a half. Maybe. And I, I feel like that is a stretch. You know, this offense, I think it would be very scary for them if they, you know, were without Ezekiel Elliott for the playoffs. Like There's just no point. Like, why would they even like? So I don't know why they would run him out there and risk him. So um, I just don't see a scenario where these guys get the whole, you know, that they play the whole game. I just don't see that happening. On the New York side, um, Odell Beckham Jr. is out for this game. He has already been he's been declared out. Um, So hopefully he can uh, recover from his, you know, his injury and uh, he can get back out there next season. Um, I like Odell Beckham Jr. a lot next year as a, uh, potential big bargain. So year, um, last year, last season, um, you know, he goes down early in the season. He actually gets hurt early in the season, um, manages to come back. I believe it was like week two and then, um, maybe three or four games later. Um, he was looking really good and then he gets, uh, he has to have a season ending, uh, surgery. He, he like, he has a break in one of his legs and so I I feel like, you know, one thing about fantasy football is like people are really guilty of uh, making emotional decisions and, and and that recency bias can really come into play. You know, since Odell Beckham Junior, you know, he, he was injured last year. He's he's been, you know, he's been uh you know, out of you know, been out of your lineup now for, you know, what is it, three or four weeks? I feel like a lot of people will look at this and say, "Oh, well, he might be in, he might be injury prone, like can you trust him taking him in the in the first round?" And the question for me is, no, I wouldn't trust. I wouldn't take him in the in the first round. No. But I think he could be a huge huge bargain in the second round next year. So, he's a guy that I'm very interested in taking if I, you know, if if he's still available to me in my sec, in the second round of my drafts. Um, and who knows how far he could drop? I mean, he could drop, he could drop to the end of the second round. He could drop to the beginning of the third. Who knows? I mean, people are make, they make emotional decisions. You know, I would not be all that surprised if, you know, if, if some of these, some of these league managers, they are, are hands off of Odell Beckham Jr. I, for one, I'm willing to take a chance on him next season. I'm looking forward to hopefully getting him at a discounted rate in, uh, in, in some of my drafts. Um, as far as the other pass catchers in this, in this, uh, Offense goes, Um, you know. the The one that really catches my eye is Evan Ingram. So I was talking Evan Ingram up last week, um, and he comes out. He has a good game, um, you know. Again, and I think this is because of Odell Beckham Jr. I think because Odell Beckham Jr. is out. You know, they're they're really kind of taking this opportunity. They're they're out of the playoffs. You know, there's they're not making the playoffs. Um, You know, the season's. The season's been lost for a long time. I think they're taking this opportunity to really get Evan Ingram some some reps and, and get him some more work, um, you know, because, you know, they need, you know, they would, they would be a very, very scary team if they have an, a healthy Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Saquon Barkley, and they have, you know, Evan Ingram, if he can really, like, kind of reach his full potential. That offense is really, really scary um, if they can just get somebody – uh, you know, competent at quarterback, so I don't want to go off the rails on with with, with Eli Manning, but um, you know, I think that they're making it a point to get get Evan Ingram some work and get him some more experience. Um, as far as Saquon Barkley goes, I don't know, really, I don't think I really need to talk about him. Um, I, I don't like the matchup with da- the Dallas Cowboys, but he's still Saquon Barkley. You got to start him, fire him up this week. All right, moving on to the Atlanta Falcons, they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um man, give me as much of this game as I can get. So um, I got a text message earlier from a from a friend. He was asking about uh, Jameis Winston and his matchup with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I think he was trying to decide between Nick Foles and Jameis Winston. So I, for one, I'm not buying into the Nick Foles narrative. Like, you know, oh, he's going to go back and he's going to go win the Super Bowl. Like, could he do it? Yeah, he very well could do it. Um, I think the, the Eagles are still a good team, but I'm not buying into Nick Foles as a as a fantasy starter. I know he had blew up last week, but I'm not buying into it. Jameis Winston, he's got a great matchup with the Falcons. Like I said before, give me as much of this game as I can get. Two teams, two two teams with bad defenses at that. Um, they they have they they have pretty good. They both have pretty good offenses. Give me as much of this game as I can get. This the, the, like I said. Bad t- bad, uh, bad, defenses. They both have bad defenses. This should be an absolute shootout. I like that Jameis Winston is at home. Um, give me as much of this game as I can get. I think you got to fire up Jameis Winston this week. He could win you your week. Um, back when they played the Falcons earlier in the season, I believe it was Jameis Winston's uh, first game back from his suspension. Um, or it, may, it may have been the second one. His, the first one they actually started, I believe. Um he had like a, a thirty point game, if I remember correctly. So um he, he I expect James Winston to have a nice day here as well. I think he has a good week. Here you go. Here are his stats from week six when they played Atlanta at their place. They had he had three hundred and ninety-five passing yards. He had four touchdowns. Okay. And uh on top of that, he actually had five rushes for twenty nine yards. Um you gotta fire him up, you gotta play him this week if you got him on your on your roster. Um, as far as the other, um, as far as the pass catchers go for the Buccaneers, um, fire pretty much everybody up, um, you know, uh, with the, I mean, everybody that you've been playing up up until this point at least. So Mike Evans, he's a no-brainer start. I think that Adam Humphreys is a guy you have to give at least a little bit of consideration to. Um, you know, for a while there he was, you know, he was a touchdown machine. He just was t- scoring touchdowns left and right. It was like a five-week period That he had five touchdowns, I believe. So um, he's the next receiver that I really prefer in this offense, second to Mike Evans. Um, You know, I think, you know, it it doesn't look like Deshaun Jackson is going to play in this game. I don't think that they need to rush him back, nor do I think they should. Um, I think that if, you know, and it looks like Deshaun Jackson is doubtful, if Deshaun Jackson does not play, I think Chris Godwin is an interesting play. Um, If you're just looking for a. You know a big play, a big play guy. Um, I think Chris Godwin kind of takes that Deshaun Jackson role when uh, Deshaun Jackson is out. Um, so I think he's an interesting play um, if you're just really desperate for a big boom play. Um, Cameron Brait is a guy that I've kind of probably talked up a little too much these past few weeks. You know, I, you know when OJ Howard first got hurt, it looked like OJ, it looked like Cameron Brait was just going to come in and just take all that work. And um, you know, just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't look like he and Jameis Winston are really, you know, in sync for whatever reason. It doesn't doesn't seem like Jameis is really relying on Cameron Bright for whatever reason. So I, I think I would I would not feel comfortable starting him this week. I just uh, the the Falcons are pretty decent against tight ends. Um, I think I would leave Cameron Bright on my bench. Um, I just don't feel comfortable starting him this week. Um, you know, I do want to mention very quickly since it's almost the end of the season, you know, if you're looking for somebody, you know, like maybe you're in a keeper league and maybe you just have nobody to, to keep next season. You know, I've been in keeper leagues before where I look at teams and they just don't really have anybody worthy of keeping because, you know, keeper leagues are oftentimes looking for a bargain for the following year. I think OJ Howard is somebody that you can at least consider. Like he's, he's likely out there. Um, I, I imagine that You know, whoever did own OJ Howard probably has dropped him at at this point unless they had an injured reserve spot. So, you know, if you're just desperate for somebody, I think OJ Howard is an interesting add if you don't have anybody better to keep in your keeper league. So I think in dynasty leagues he absolutely needs to be added um, if he hasn't already been added by now. But um, I really, really like what – you know, I I like the idea of OJ Howard um, next season. He's probably going to be a guy that I target – in many of my drafts, I think he could be a huge, huge bargain next year on the Falcons side. So, um, like I said before, give me as much of this game as I can get. Um, Matt Ryan, he's a no brainer start. Um, I I'm, I'm fire, you know, of course, uh, Julio Jones, I think he's dealing with some injuries right now, but he, of course he, you're going to play him if he's playing. Um, I, I don't think that he's going to sit in this game, but you know, Teams like you know they they're, they're going to make some different decisions that they wouldn't normally make in week seventeen. You know they uh, you know they may look at this as a business business decision and and shut him down. But I, I really don't think that's going to happen. I think he's probably going to play in this game. Um, you know we've seen him you know fight through a couple of different injuries in the years past, and I think he's he's likely going to play in this game as well. Um, I think Calvin Ridley. You know he kind of. Uh, came back, you know, la- you know, to, uh, you know, last week it, it seemed like he kind of reemerged. You know, the the weeks prior, you know, it was it was pretty underwhelming, but you know he uh, comes back and he has a pretty decent game there, and um, actually sent me uh, sent me packing. Actually, uh, he he was much of the reason that I lost my uh, week 16 matchup. I'm sure you guys don't care about that, but um. Yeah, it was excellent timing that he uh, he came back and had like a – I think he had a 75-yard score um, to kind of uh, really, you know, s- seal the deal for me. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, I think there's there's just so much shootout potential in this game. I know he's not very – he hasn't been very consistent, but, in, uh, you know, it's hard to, to rely on somebody, you know, when, you know, that that might be the difference between a good week and a bad week. He may you know, a 75-yard touchdown run – or catch, rather – um, but I think, like I said, there's just so much, there's so much potential for this game to be a shootout. I think you got to fire up Calvin Ridley. Um, I'd like to start, uh, Tevin Coleman this week as well. He's been running better as of late. So I feel like he hasn't really, um, impressed that much this season, you know, like the opportunity, um, has been there, but he just hasn't really done much with it. Um, but I think, um, I would feel comfortable starting him against Tampa Bay this week surprisingly he was actually pretty efficient with his touches last week you know he didn't get a lot of run but he did get 10 10 carries he had uh 51 yards on those 10 carries um I think that you know um I think I think you know there's just going to be so much scoring in this game I think you got to fire up Tevin Coleman and hope he falls into the end zone as far as Austin Hooper goes um I think this guy is hurt like I know he's dealing with injuries but I think he is more hurt than we even may know so it just doesn't look like he is particularly healthy right now um and i like the i like this i like this game i really want to like i said i really want to get as much of this game as i can get but you know i don't know if i can trust austin hooper it just seems like he he just looks you know like he looks like he's just grinding out the rest of the season like this guy needs some rest um you know and uh i would i just i don't know if i'd feel comfortable starting him this week Next matchup we have, uh, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they visit uh, the Houston Texans at one PM on Sunday. Um, there aren't a lot of relevant players, uh, you know, fantasy relevant players for me in this game. Um, on the Jacksonville side, it's pretty easy. It looks like Leonard Fournette is doubtful to play in this game. Um, you know, if you're if you're looking for somebody to play. Uh, you know, if you're trying to plug in somebody at running back, I guess you could play TJ Yeldon. Um, you know, I wouldn't feel super great about it. You know, I think, uh, the Houston Texans, you know, they, they, they see, it seems like they're, they're pretty good against running backs. They are, uh, they actually rank, um, the, the they, they give up the seventh fewest points to the running back position. Um, you know, I think I would still feel, I mean, I would still feel okay about starting TJ Yeldon. Um, you know, so long as Leonard Fournette doesn't play, just because you know T.J. Yeldon's a little different. You know, he's he's not quite. Um, I mean, he's just not the same player as as Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is, uh, you know, that that back that he's going to get in between the tackles and, and just grind out yardage. You know, T.J. Yeldon, he's going to be one that you know running back that that catches the ball out of the backfield. So I feel a little bit better about about him. Um, you know, if Leonard Fournette plays, I think. I mean, you, I guess you could start him, but it doesn't look like he's going to play. He's he's listed as doubtful. Um, I gotta say there's something, something just doesn't feel right about the situation in Jacksonville with Leonard Fournette. You know, it just, something feels a little off with that situation. And I wonder if they're a little disappointed with Leonard Fournette right now. Like it just, it just feels kind of weird. I can't really quite put my finger on it. Um, you know, but you, you know, if you look at, if you look at, you know, how many touches Leonard has Leonard Fournette has gotten in these games, like he hasn't been very, very efficient. Now he has been, um, you know, fantasy relevant because he has just gotten so many touches. Um, you know, if he's getting 20 carries a game and he falls into the end zone, you'll, you'll probably take that all day, every day, but it doesn't look like he's been very efficient with his touches. And you know, I'm a little concerned about his future with Jacksonville. I, I wonder if uh the Jacksonville Jaguars will move on from him. Um I, I could see a scenario where, you know, he could be traded in the near future. Um but anyways, moving on to the Houston Texans side of the ball. Um, you know, really the only guys I'm interested in starting from this uh from the Houston Texans this is the Sean it's the Sean Watson and it is uh, of course, DeAndre Hopkins. So, um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, he has a good game last week. Uh, he didn't quite do as much as I was hoping he would. Um, you know, the, the yardage was there, the catches were there. Uh, just doesn't manage to fall into the end zone. Um, you know, you're still happy with with that day from DeAndre Hopkins. That, of course, didn't lose you your week, but it may have not won you your week either. But you're still, you're still. If you took DeAndre Hopkins in the you know, in the first, you know, at the end of the first round, you're, you're, I'm sure you're very, very happy with, with doing so this season. He's been a beast. Um, so he's been, he's been really, really good. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I, as far as, uh, the other offensive players in this offense, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, um, I'll talk a little bit about his just, you know, and we can talk about this more in the future. There'll be more, you know, time to talk about this later. But Deshaun Watson, um, you know, you probably drafted him earlier than you, uh, would have liked to this season, you know, just based off of what he's given you. Um, you know, he, he blows up last week, um, uh, cause with those two rushing touchdowns, but you know, you're probably, you know, are a little disappointed that you, you know, and, and maybe, maybe you, uh, have a little bit of buyer's remorse that you, you know, you spent a pretty early draft pick on him, but I think next year, this is a guy I'm probably going to target in my leagues. You know, I think he's going to go a little later than he did this year. Um, and I think he, you know, he'll have all of his pass catchers back. He's going to have Will Fuller back. He's going to have, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know, hopefully Kiki Cutie can get healthy. Um, I mean, those are three pretty darn good receivers, uh, for a young quarterback. That's a mobile quarterback at that. So, Um, I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, roads, you know, to success for Deshaun Watson next season. You know, he's going to have, he's going to have plenty of pass catchers. Um, you know, he's going to be, he's probably going to have a little more confidence in that, that, uh, that, that, uh, repaired knee of his. So, um, I really like Deshaun Watson next season. Um, he's, he's somebody I've already thought about targeting in my drafts for next year. Moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. They take on the Denver Broncos in Denver. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to try to – okay, I'm just going to own it. I'm going to go off the rails on this one. All right. Um, We're going to talk about the Los Angeles Chargers first. So last week, um, Phillip Rivers, if you started him in a one-quarterback league, he probably lost you your week. Um, But you can't be too upset. I mean, Phillip Rivers has been awesome this year you know, he he had a tough matchup with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, probably the toughest that that there is in the league. Um, so I mean, it's just, I mean, it is what it is. You know, he had a tough week. Um, that's, that was a bad call on my part. I really thought that, uh, that he was still going to be at least decent in that game. Um, you know, it's just tough when you're playing a team that has such a good defense and they run so much, like, it just completely took the ball out of Phillip Rivers hands. Um, you know, I I, I remember watching the game and and, and you know and, and thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, this game is going by so fast because it was just Lamar Miller, Gus Edwards, Kens Dixon, like they just ran the ball over and over and over and just you know, the clock just they just melted time off the clock the entire game. And, you know, the, the game, you know, it, it, it was it was over with in the blink in the blink of an eye. Um, so there just wasn't much opportunity for Phillip Rivers to, uh, put up a good fantasy day. Um, and of course the defense, you know, didn't help either. So, um, and I think he gets back on track this week against Denver, the Denver Broncos, they give up quite a few points, um, to the wide receiver position. So I think that that means that they're going to give up a decent amount of points to, uh, the quarterback position as well. So Phillip Rivers, I know he burned you last week, but I think you got to stick him back in your lineup this week. Um, Keenan Allen, same thing for him. Um, you know, he doesn't have a terrible day last week. You know, his, his, if you're in PPR scoring, you know, keep, you know, he had a, you know, decent output, um, not what you would hope for in week 16, but, um, I think he gets back on track in week 17. I think he's got a good matchup here. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you're, of course, you're going to start him. Um, I know he didn't, he didn't have uh, you know, an overwhelming, um, he didn't have an overwhelming, uh, performance last week, but, you know, I think the Denver Broncos are just an absolute mess right now, uh, which we'll talk about here soon. They're just a mess. There's going to be plenty of scoring opportunities for the Chargers. Um, I, I think that uh, I think that the Chargers are going to be fine in this game. The one thing that you got to at least uh, – I have to at least mention in this game, though. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Kansas City Chiefs, um, they play at the same time – as the chargers and they're playing oakland um i would consider you know both these teams denver and oakland they're really bad teams i would be very very surprised if the chargers or the kansas city chiefs lose these games and i think they probably acknowledge that a little bit i think they both are um you know just they probably both understand that the likelihood of them losing these games is not very high either one of them um, You know, I would not be all that surprised if the Los Angeles Chargers look up at halftime and see that the Kansas City Chiefs are beating the Oakland Raiders 28 to nothing, okay? If this happens, this is very, very bad if you are starting the Los Angeles, any any of the players from the Los Angeles Chargers, okay? Because the Los Angeles Chargers the only way that they are going to jump the Kansas city chiefs is if they lose. So if the chargers look up and they see that the Kansas city chiefs are ahead by a big margin, then I would not be surprised if the chargers began to pull all of their starters. Okay. So, you know, cause, because it, because, and here, and here's the reason why if the Kansas city chiefs win their matchup, it doesn't matter what the chargers do. The chargers are going to have the same seed, uh, regardless if the, if the if they win or not, if the Kansas City Chiefs win their game. So um, I would not be surprised if the Chargers started pulling their players at halftime if the Kansas City Chiefs get up big. Now, if, if the Oakland Raiders can keep it close, then I imagine that the Chargers will just play their guys, let the chips fall where they may, and whatever happens, happens. But at some point in this game, I, I I would not, you know, I think the most likely scenario actually is that the Kansas City Chiefs get up by a decent margin in this game. It, this is the Oakland Raiders we're talking about after all. So, I, I, it's, this is tough. You know, it's, it's a good matchup with the Denver Broncos. So, they may give you a good half, you know, Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen. Um, but, I don't know. I think if you start them, you just you need to understand that there's a decent chance that the Kansas City Chiefs could get up big by halftime, and and then the the Los Angeles Chargers start pulling their starters. Okay, so again, they have the same record in their division, but the only way the Chargers can jump the Kansas City Chiefs is if the Kansas City Chiefs lose. The Los Angeles Chargers winning um, when the Kansas City Chiefs win means nothing for their, their seating, their playoff seating. So, all right, moving on to, oh, I do want to mention this real quick. So, you know, while you do all, while you all do have the opportunity still to, you know, add players, um, you know, make, make, make waiver claims. Um, I mentioned OJ Howard earlier from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, if you're just looking for somebody to keep, if you're in a keeper league, um, I imagine that, Hunter Henry is probably available in your league. So Hunter Henry, uh, tight end for the Los Angeles chargers. Um, he get, he got, you know, he tore his ACL early last summer, I believe. Um, he's had plenty of time to get ready. He's play. There've actually been rumors that he could return for the playoffs. Um, that's how much progress he has made, um, in his rehab. So, um, I think that's a guy that's another guy that I'm really interested in targeting in my drafts next season. So I uh you know, if, if you're in a keeper league and you just have nobody else to keep, um he he went undrafted, so he should you should be able to get him cheap for this next upcoming season. Um he's one of, gonna be one of my favorite uh targets, players to target next season. So just somebody just somebody to kinda keep um keep on your mind going forward. Okay. Moving on to the Denver Broncos. So the Denver Broncos, I'm just going to, man, I've been saying this for a while, for uh, the past couple weeks, actually. Um, the Denver Broncos are an absolute mess. You know, they, they uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying that they, they shouldn't have made, you know, some of the, the you know, the moves they've made. Um, some of it isn't their fault. You know, they traded away Demarius Thomas, and I understand why, Um you know, they, they are in a rebuilding phase. So I, I understand that, but it was unfortunate that Emmanuel Sanders got hurt. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, he tears his, a his, uh, his Achilles tendon. Um, you know, very unfortunate to, you know, I hate, I hated to see that. Um, but you know, the Denver Broncos with Case Keenum at the helm, um, a pretty thin wide receiver core, um, even with all that even with all that it's absolutely absolutely astounding to me that the offense can be that bad like come on Denver Broncos are you kidding me i you know if you can't sense it already from if you can't if you can't you know pick up from the um you know the tone of my voice this had a huge impact this game the Denver Broncos and the Raiders last week had a huge impact on my fantasy championship. So the Denver Broncos, and when I say the Denver Broncos, I mean the head coach, J- Vance Joseph. He only gets 10 carries. 10 carries. He gets 10 carries. He gets two catches in a game against the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders are one of the worst teams in the NFL. One of the worst. And they give up the seventh fewest points, or excuse me, the seventh most points to the running back position. And Philip Lindsey only gets ten carries in three quarters of football. So so Philip Lindsay, he ends up getting hurt in this game. So I know that's completely out of everybody anybody's control. So Philip Lindsay, he gets hurt, I believe it was at the pretty much at the very beginning of the fourth quarter. But how does Philip Lindsay only get 10 carries? He got 10 carries? Your Pro Bowl running back got 10 carries in a game against one of the worst teams in the NFL and one of the worst teams in the NFL against the run at that. Why in the world did did Philip Lindsay only get 10 carries in the first three quarters of football? Vance Joseph is one of these guys that we've, we, you know, he. It's it's very apparent that he's in the hot seat in in Denver, um, and I I gotta say I I have to I have to I have to um, I gotta say I understand that it makes perfect sense. Why in the world would your Pro Bowl running back only get ten carries against one of the worst teams in the NFL? against the run unbelievable unbelievable it's one of the worst coaching decisions or or you know I think the play calling was very underwhelming in that game there were you know the the field conditions were very very poor so it it lined up for a perfect day for Philip Lindsay to run north and south but but no it doesn't happen Vance Joseph, you know, he he really doesn't start running the ball until the fourth quarter when they're already down by three scores and, and when Philip Lindsay's out. I don't know what part of this makes sense. I You know, I, I get that, you know, their offense has really, um, I mean, it's looked pretty brutal lately, you know, but of all the times for you to, you know, not get fancy, this was one of the times to just keep it simple, run, you know, hand the ball off to Philip Lindsay and let him do his thing. This was a perfect opportunity to do that. I have to admit, I'm, I'm a little biased, but I am accounting for real football in this too. Like it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Um, you know, but yeah, it, I, I basically lost my matchup because Philip Lindsay, um, he just didn't get enough run in this game, and I think that's I, I think that's karma for you, Vance Joseph. I think you should have. I think that's why you lost. You should have. I think you got way too cute with the play calling. Um, I I, I, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. So, uh, sorry that felt good to get out. Just had to get it out. I had to talk about it a little bit. But in all seriousness, I I feel I'm really concerned about this offense. You know, um, this week. I'm concerned about it next year. You know, even with Manuel Sanders coming back, um, a healthy Philip Lindsay. You know, I mean, as far as Manuel Sanders goes, uh, the Achilles injury—that's a tough injury to come back from. We, we've seen players try to come back from the Achilles injury, and and sometimes, sometimes it's fine. Other times, they struggle to come back. They don't feel 100% confident on it for a long time. Um, you know, this this Broncos team. I, I don't know if they have a lot of direction. I mean, they, they've got Case Keenum at quarterback. We've seen him do well in the past at times, but I mean how I mean, how confident can you feel about Case Keenum? The defense is pretty uh pretty poor, if you ask me. It's not as good as it should be. It should be way better. Um and uh I mean, who do they have on offense? What playmakers do they have other than Philip Lindsay and you know, and a um you know, and and an Emmanuel Sanders whose whose future is unknown. I don't know. Um, I, it makes sense that Vance Joseph. To me, it makes sense that you know the the play calling was so in the in this past game was so underwhelming. You know, I, I actually uh, made I actually realized this later. Vance Joseph used to coach um, with Adam Gase in Miami, and I don't trust Adam Gase. And so I think it kind of took a while to come to fruition, but um, there we go. I think that this, uh, you know, it makes sense now. It makes sense now that Philip Lindsay, you know, his usage has been, uh, you know, he's just been, he's been efficient before this offense kind of took a uh, turn for the worst when Emmanuel Sanders went out. Um, But it makes sense now. It makes sense now that Vance Joseph just, the poor play calling and everything. That's all I'll say about it. I'll I'll leave it alone. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can start anybody from this Broncos team. I, I just I I couldn't do it against the Chargers whose defense has looked better of late. Um I don't know if I could I don't know if I could risk that for uh for week seventeen. All right, next game we got we got the Oakland Raiders. that take on the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Um you know the Oakland Raiders Um, I'm surprised they've played as well as they have. Um, but I think they get behind here. I think they get behind early. Um, there's nobody I'm interested in starting from the Raiders. Um, really uh, other than, um, maybe Doug Martin in a, um, flex considerate, you know, flex role, you know, just because the Kansas city chiefs are so bad against, um, against the run, uh, the Kansas city chiefs, I keep thinking that this is a game that they, they don't have to win, but uh, they actually do have to win this because if the chargers win and they lose that. That that means that the chargers are going to be the higher seed. They're going to lose their, uh, their home field advantage. So um, I I keep, I keep thinking that this is, I think because it's the Raiders, I I keep feeling like this is just a gimme game for the chiefs, but the Raiders actually kind of played them tough the last time they played each other. So um, I, I, uh, I don't want to sleep on the Raiders too much. I think that um, the Chiefs are going to come out. They're going to try to put up a lot of points early. Um, you know, and and we could see them, um, you know, start pulling people. You know, at the end of the third quarter, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be completely surprised by that. But I think the more likely scenario, I think everybody's going to play in this game. I think, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes, I think Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, I think all these guys are going to end up playing. Um, I, I, w- I that's my expectation. I think they're gonna probably play. They're probably gonna play almost the entire game. Um, you know, th- if they're up big in the last, you know, five six minutes or so, then they might may start pulling everybody. But uh, I think they're gonna play for the majority of the game. So I think they need to be in your lineup. Um, as far as the running backs go, so it doesn't look like Spencer Ware's going to play this week. Um, I don't think that he's gonna play just because. I don't really see any reason for him to play, you know, really like, um, you know, he's been practicing fully this week, but I could see the chiefs just saying, okay, well, we're so close here. Why don't we give our running back some more time to get healthy? Like they don't have a tough matchup with the Raiders this week. Damian Williams has been, um, he's served as a very, very good fill-in for uh, Spencer Ware. So much that I actually talked about this last week. I feel like Damian Williams might be the better fit for this offense. I think he's a better pass catcher. Um he can still uh he's still efficient enough, you know, between the tackles. Um you know, this is a little anecdotal, you know, I but I I don't understand why um you know at this point I don't know why Andy Reid would go back to Spencer Ware. You know, I I, I you know and, and and what I mean is I still expect Spencer Ware to get some run, you know, I, I just, I don't know why, you know, they would just go away from Damian Williams when Spencer Ware comes back. So um, I think they're so close. They're so close to, you know, the end of the season. I don't know. I think, I think it would make the most sense for them to uh, you know, at the very least they need to limit Spencer Ware. If you ask me, I, I don't think that they need to play Spencer Ware a lot. Um, I think they, I think that you're going to see Damian Williams, the majority of this game, um, you know, and I think Damian Williams is a guy that needs to be in your lineup. You know, he's been, he's been terrific. You know, he's just, he, he, and he does it in multiple ways. Like he catches the ball out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles, you know, like I said before, I think Damian Williams, I think he's the better fit for this offense. Um, you know, I don't think it's really all that close. I think he's better pass catcher. He's just more versatile for this offense. So um, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Andy Reid may not feel the same way I do, but that's my take on the um, backfield situation for the Kansas city chiefs. I would not be surprised if Damian Williams makes this transition into the starting running back role. Moving on to the San Francisco 49ers. They take on the Los Angeles Rams uh, 425 on Sunday Um, on the San Francisco side. I like this team's future. I don't think there's anybody startable on this team. Uh, Dante Pettis is out uh, for this game. I, he was going to be a sneaky play for me um, if he did play against this, you know, questionable, um, you know, secondary for the Los Angeles Rams. But because he is out, um, I don't, I don't know if I could, I could start anybody. Um, any Sorry. I, I don't think I could start any of the um, San Francisco 49ers wide receivers. Uh, George Kittle, of course, is a must start in this offense as he is every week. Um, I expect him to have a good day here against the Los Angeles Rams. I think the Los Angeles Rams, um, can be had against tight ends. So, um, I like him, uh, quite a bit. I like George Kittle quite a bit. Um, uh, this week, as far as like tight end rankings go, um, man, I, I think I would, I would have to rank him pretty high, um, in my tight end rankings. Uh, for this particular week, I think he's gonna get plenty of volume because I think the I think the Rams get up big in this game. I think they get up big pretty early, um, so I think he he's a guy that I'm I'm very optimistic about. If you're playing daily fantasy, um, I'm not sure what his um, you know what kind of money you'd have to spend on him this particular week, but I think it'd probably be worth um, paying up for uh, George Kittle this week. Um, as far as everybody else goes on on this team. I don't think you can start any of the running backs cause I think they're going to get behind pretty early in this game. Um, you know, I would not, um, I just don't see, I, I don't see any of the 49ers running backs having a good day, um, against this, this, uh, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough matchup with the Rams. You know, if nothing else, I think the Rams get ahead early. So the, the running opportunities are just going to be, um, you know, they're not going to be there. So, um, Nick Mullins, um, I like Nick Mullins. I think he's done pretty well. Um, I'm interested to see what they do. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think Nick Mullins is going to be a starting quarterback. Let's next year. I don't, let's not get carried away. I'm not going to say, I don't want you guys to think that, um, what, what I'm, but what I do think is I would not be all that surprised if they took CJ Bethard and, and, uh, moved him, you know, if they made a trade for somebody, um, you know, if they wait till next year and then you know, maybe somebody's in need of a quarterback and they trade CJ Bethard away. I would not be surprised if that scenario played out because I think they have an adequate backup in Nick Mullins. So, um, I think that, you know, when, uh, you know, when Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, I think this is his, his team. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do in a full season next year. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the quarterback situation. Cause I think they, they have two capable backup quarterbacks, um, we'll see what happens with that situation. As far as the Rams go, uh, I believe Todd Gurley has been ruled out, um, which for me makes C.J. Anderson a must start. I got him as an RB1 this week. Um, if you happen to pick up C.J. Anderson, then you're, you're feeling probably really, really good about your matchup this week. I think he is going to blow up against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, man, I, I think he he um, he could win a lot of people their their matchups this week. Um, think he has another good day this week. I think it's a very good favorable matchup against the 49ers. Um, as far as the pass catchers go for the 49 for the, uh, Los Angeles Rams, I'm going to fire up, uh, Brandon cooks. I'm firing up Robert Woods. Um, I mean, this is a game that the Rams need to win. They are playing for something here. They need to clinch that number two, uh, seed. Um, so I think that they're going to be, you know, aside from Todd Gurley, I think this offense is going to be a full go. I think they need to, um, I think they need to at least step on the gas pedal early on in the game, make sure that they get up, get up big, um, and solidify this win. So, um, with that being said, I think Jared Goff is going to be a good play this week as well. I think you got to put him in your lineup. If you got him. he's probably like a mid to, um, low end QB one for me this week. The 49ers give up the, uh, I believe the seventh um the seventh most excuse me the eighth most points to the quarterback position so yeah jared goff needs to be in your lineup this week get him in there next matchup we have we got the uh we got the Chicago Bears they visit the Minnesota Vikings um you know this is this is I'm taking kind of the similar approach um with with the Chicago Bears that I am the um the Los Angeles Chargers. So um, the the Chicago Bears, they currently have the number three seed. Um, I, you know, and the, if the Rams played earlier in the day, if they played a one o'clock game, then there would be a little more clarity for this game. But they play at the same time. They play at 425 as well. So, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if we saw a scenario where they look up at halftime and they see, that the Rams are beating the crap out of the 49ers. So, um, you know, if that happens, if they are up 28 to nothing at halftime against the 49ers, then the bears, I would not be surprised if the bears, they decided, decided to pull everybody because at that point, then winning, um, that means nothing for them. So if the Los Angeles Rams win, then the Chicago, Chicago bears are locked in at the number three seed, they can't move up they can't move down. So um you know I I don't I don't know. I don't know. It just depends on how likely do you think it is that the 49ers keep it close with the Rams. I know personally I don't think it's very likely. The the, the 49ers they're on their third string quarterback. All their wide receivers, their the wide receiver core is decimated. Their running back core is decimated. Uh you know, really the only solid offensive player for the for the uh, 49ers, um, I I would consider, I would consider the only one really be being George Kittle. So, um, I don't think the 49ers keep up with the Rams here. Um, I think the likelihood of this happening is pretty, pretty high. I would not be surprised if, if, you know, they get up big and get up big early. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous about starting the bears this week. Um, you know, in addition to that, Um, you know, Mitchell Trubisky has been pretty, um, pretty pedestrian lately. Like he hasn't been, uh, the guy that we've seen earlier in the season. Um, so I feel like you you gotta be a little, at least a little bit nervous, especially against this good Minnesota Vikings defense. Um, this Minnesota team, they're motivated to win, you know, the Chicago bears, they're probably not going to be as motivated to win. So, um, now what I will say is that the Chicago Bears—they are in the same division as the Vikings, so I mean, I could see—I could see a lot of different scenarios. So let me just make that clear. I mean, I don't know but the Bears. They may—I um, wouldn't be that surprised if, if the Bears actually wanted to make it a point to that the, to make sure the Vikings don't get in. So um, they may take an approach like that, and they may say, "Okay, we really don't want the Vikings in there. We don't want." Them to, uh, we don't have to, we don't want to have to face them in the playoffs. Um, if that's the case, then you may see, um, you may see the Bears. They may say, okay, well, let's at least try to beat them this time so we don't have to, you know, you know, they, their odds of beating them, uh, at least one of those times, uh, you know, at least once is greater if they play them twice. So, um, I don't know here. I, I, I think there's a lot of different scenarios, but I think you just, if you start any bears, you have to at least consider the possibility that they pull their starters at halftime. If they see that the Rams, uh, 49ers game has gotten out of hand. Um, with that being said, I don't think I'm really interested in starting Mitchell Drabisky this week. I don't think I can trust him. Um, the pass catchers I've said this before. You just don't know who it's going to be. um, And on top of that, it's not a particularly good matchup with the Minnesota Vikings either. This defense is playing a lot better than it has been in the past, but yeah, I I don't feel comfortable starting any of these pass catchers really. Um, I mean, Trey Burton, maybe just because, you know, there's just so few tight end options, but, um, he's really the only pass catcher I'm interested in for the Chicago bears. Um, the running backs though, um, this, this offense, it runs through the running backs. You've heard me say it before. um, you know Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard, unless you hear otherwise. Unless you hear that, you know, for, you know that somebody's not going to play for whatever reason, then you got to play them. On the Minnesota Vikings side, um I think this team they 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 have a tough matchup with the Chicago Bears, but they've got to win this one. They've got to win this one or um you know, well, I guess technically they don't have to win this one, but they um technically if the Eagles lose the, the Vikings still get in, but, um, they, in order to completely, you know, confirm that they are going to be in the playoffs, uh, they, they need to win this game. So, um, you know, I think that they're going to come out I think they're motivated to win. Um, so I'm, I'm a little torn here. I'm a little torn because, um, you know, they could see a vanilla defense in the second half with that scenario I laid out earlier. Um, you know, I think this offense is a good offense. Um, the Vikings actually have a decent day against the Bears uh, when they played earlier this season. So um, at least Kirk Cousins had a decent day. You know, I, I think that's really the main thing that you're uh, concerned about, you know, because, you know, because of Khalil Mack and that pass rush, I think that's that, that's the thing I'm most concerned about with this, uh, with this Minnesota Vikings team is – you know, will Kirk Cousins have enough time to get the ball out? And, you know, he had a a decent, you know, he did a decent job of that the first time that they played this season. So, um, you know, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit here. I know it's a good defense with the Bears, but I'm starting my Vikings this week. I'm starting Kirk Cousins. I'm starting, uh, Stefan Diggs. I'm starting Adam Thielen. I'm starting Dalvin Cook. I think that that this team, um, I think they're going to keep it competitive. Um, even if they don't win, I think they're going to keep it competitive. I think they're going to, uh, you know, put up some points and there's going to be opportunities for them to score. So, um, this defense, the bears defense, it's not scaring me this, away this week. I'm starting my Vikings. Next up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. They take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game pretty handedly. So, um, you know, they, uh, I think you guys have, have noticed I've, I've talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers lately and i I'm still scratching my head trying to figure out what is going on with the Steelers. I feel like, um, you know, I understand that they, they lost to the saints last week and I get it. It's the saints. Um, You know, I, 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 I had the saints favored in that game to win. Um, So I, I totally get why they lost to the saints, but they lost some games this season that just haven't made sense. You know, they lost, they lost to the, the Broncos. They lost to the Raiders. You know, they, they had the chargers up against the ropes and they couldn't beat them. Um, you know, and now here they are, they're, they're about to miss the playoffs. So they have to have some things really go right for them. Um, their chances of making the playoffs are not very good. So, um, I, I, uh, I don't feel good about, um, you know, um, them, I I don't feel good about them making the playoffs, but I do feel good about them, uh, putting up points in this game. So the Bengals are pretty, pretty atrocious, um, on defense, you know, really, in, in in a lot of categories. So, um, you know, I uh, I'm firing up everybody from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Big Ben, I think Ben Roethlisberger, I think he is motivated this week. Um, I think Antonio Brown. He was listed as questionable. He hasn't practiced this week, but I think he's gonna play in this game. He's got it. You know, they got to win this game. I think that Antonio Brown more than likely he's gonna play. Um, I think that um, that that Juju Smith Schuster. He's going to be motivated after last week with the fumble. I think you're going to see a good day out of him as well. Um, if James Conner plays, then I think you're playing him. Um, you know, at the same time, though, I would not be surprised if James Conner sits again. So um I think James Conner is close, but um I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, they, you know, seeing as they I mean, they know that James Conner is their future, they probably have acknowledged that their chances of making the playoffs aren't as good now, aren't so good now. So, um, and really if I'm Mike Tomlin, I don't think that James Connor playing, I think, I don't think that's the difference in them winning this game. So I don't think that's going to be the difference in them making the playoffs. So I don't know if I would go out and risk James Connor in a game where you really don't need him. So, I mean, the Bengals, they're without their franchise quarterback. They're without their franchise player in AJ green. I mean, all they have is Joe Mixon, uh, Tyler Boyd, even Tyler Boyd is out. So, um, or at least I, I believe he's doubtful at least. So I, I don't think that Tyler Boyd is going to play in this game either. I don't know how, uh, I don't know why the Steelers would even risk James Conner in this situation when they should be able to beat the Bengals pretty handedly. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're at home and this game. I mean, it's, I think it's, I think they are, um, hands down. They're going to, I think they're going to single-handedly beat the Bengals, Um, as far as the Bengals side goes, um, only player I'm interested in starting here is Joe Mixon and that's based off of volume. So that's the only argument I can make for him. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, they, they aren't, they aren't very, uh, you know, in years past, they haven't been very good to, uh, running backs this particular year. They've been pretty tough on running backs as well. Um, you know, they, they rank in, uh, they, they give up the 10th fewest, uh, Points to the running back position, so um, and and given the circumstances, I think the I think the Steelers are aware that this offense is just lacking playmakers. You know, their their wide receiver core is decimated. They're without their starting quarterback. Um, they're without Tyler Reifert, for that matter, as well. I, I don't see the Steelers coming in, and and I think the Steelers come in and they they make it a point to stop Joe Mixon, and I think they win this game pretty easily. So, um, but yeah, I, I think you still start Joe Mixon just because. The volume, like he's just going to get plenty of touches. So I think that if any, I mean, you can at least hang your hat on that. Next matchup we have, we got the uh, we got the um, Arizona Cardinals. They visit the Seattle Seahawks at 4:25 on Sunday. Um, I think the Seattle Seahawks they win this game pretty easily. Um, this does have fantasy or excuse me. This does have playoff implications here. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, they need to win this game or they need to have the Vikings lose. Um, so I think that, um, and and the Minnesota Vikings actually play at the same time as the, uh, as the Seattle Seahawks. So I think that, um, you know, I think that, um, the Seahawks, I think they, I think they win this game pretty easily. It's the Arizona Cardinals. They, Are arguably the worst team in the NFL. Um, You know, I think you, um, I think you're pretty much starting. You know, the usual guys from Seattle. I think you got to start Russell Wilson. I know his volume uh, probably makes you nervous a little bit. You know, he just he doesn't um, he doesn't have a lot of pass attempts per game. But I think you got to start him this week. Um, I think you, yeah, you, you know, you're starting Chris Carson. I think you're starting Doug Baldwin. Um, I know he probably, he, he has a tough matchup with Patrick Peterson. Um, but I think that, you know, he's been playing a lot better as of late. It's, it, it looks like Doug Baldwin is finally healthy. Um, so I think I would fire him up this week. I think there's just going to be plenty of opportunities for the Seattle Seahawks to score. So I think that the opportunity is just, is just too much for you to sit, um, Doug Baldwin this week. So, um, Tyler Lockett, I think you got to fire him up this week as well. So, um, you know, especially if Patrick Peterson is shadowing, uh, Doug Baldwin, I think you, um, have to, to start t- Tyler Lockett because I think that Russell Wilson will likely favor Tyler Lockett knowing that Patrick Peterson is on, uh, Doug Baldwin, um, from the Arizona Cardinals side. <sighs> I don't love it, but I think you got to start David Johnson just for the upside and, you know, his in all likelihood, if there's, a, if there's a touchdown scored in this game, it's probably going to be him. So I think you got to start David Johnson. Um, I think he's the only one I'm really interested in starting. I, I don't know if I have a lot of faith in uh, Larry Fitzgerald against this um, against this tough Seattle defense. Um, I, I think I would have to leave Larry Fitzgerald on my bench this week. If you want to start him in a flex role, I think I'm okay with that. You know, just depending on what your other options are. Um, but I would not feel comfortable with starting Larry Fitzgerald in more than a flex level role. Next game we have we got the Philadelphia Eagles. They play the Washington Redskins at four twenty-five in uh in Washington. Um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they are playing for something here. Um they they should win this game pretty easily, even with Nick Foles in at quarterback. Um, you know that kind of sounded bad, but Nick Foles actually pretty uh, pretty good. You know he's uh you know I think he's he's one of the better uh, backup quarterbacks in the league. Um, I think that you know they they need some things to work in their favor this week. You know the um, the Philadelphia Eagles um, they they need some help. They 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 clinch a wild card spot if they win um, if they win this week. Um, and, but they also need the Vikings to lose. So, um, I think the chances of that happening, um, I mean, it's possible. It definitely could happen. Um, you know, so, uh, they do, they need some things to go right for them, but, um, you know, they have, uh, you know, they have some decent odds for that to happen. So I think they're going to come out. They're going to, they're, um, they need to win this game. With that being said though, I think they win this game pretty easily. I don't think that, um, you know the Washington Redskins who have been decimated pretty much at all positions. They have lost, th- they've lost two quarterbacks to injury. Um, they, they, you know, Adrian Peterson, he's a little banged up. You know, he's been banged up a little bit this season. Um, I, you know, I, um, I think that the Philadelphia Eagles come in and they, they, they probably, I think they have a, I think they have a good day here. I think they really give it to the the Redskins. Um, the Redskins have nothing to play for now. You know they their season they, they they were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, I believe last week. So, um, you know as far as the Philadelphia side goes, um, I'm okay with starting Nick Foles. I, I I think it all depends on who you got. You know I talked about Jameis Winston earlier. I had a friend who asked me if they wanted if I should start Jameis if they should start Jameis Winston or Nick Foles. I, I'm still going to lean towards Jameis Winston partially because of the matchup, but also just because, you know, I mean, starting Nick Foles in my championship week in week 17 just doesn't really sound all that great. You know, it just doesn't, you know, I know he had a good day last week. He, you know, um, and and this is a pretty good matchup against the Washington Redskins. Um, you know, if you're, if you're desperate for options, I don't hate it. I don't hate Nick Foles. I, I just, you know, but I prefer, you know, I prefer Russell Wilson to, to Nick Foles. I prefer Jared Goff to Nick Foles. I prefer Kirk Cousins to Nick Foles. Um, you know, I just uh, I would I would be feeling a little nervous about starting Nick Foles in my championship week. Um, I think you got to start uh, Zach Ertz. Um, I think you got to start Alshon Jeffrey. Um, really, you know, with the exception of the jo- of Josh Norman, the secondary for the Washington Redskins is pretty underwhelming. Um, they're nothing to really write home about. I'm, 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 pretty unimpressed by what they do. Um, I think that, um, I think that the Philadelphia pass catchers have a pretty, pretty decent day here. Um, I, I still don't trust golden Tate. Um, I just, I don't know why they made that trade for him, but the usage just, it just really isn't there. You know, last week I said, um, that, you know, I ranked these, Pass catchers in this offense, and I ranked them: Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, and Nelson Aguilar. Um, But I also threw in there. I also said that I think you could make an argument for Nelson Aguilar over Golden Tate. And sure enough, here we go. Golden. I mean, Nelson Aguilar just he blew up last week. Um, You know, I, I think that. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if like the. It's just I don't know if um I don't know why these wide receivers take some time to get acclimated to this offense. Um, even if you go back to to Nelson Aguilar, like his, his rookie year, and granted he was a rookie, but even his rookie year, it was, it was pretty underwhelming. Um, he didn't really do anything. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, when he first came in, he didn't really do what we were hoping he would in that offense. Um, and now here we go with golden Tate. Like he just, he's just kind of an afterthought in this offense. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, I think I'm going to say it. It's Zach Ertz, it's Alshon Jeffrey, and then it's Nelson Aguilar. And I think Golden Tate is fourth on the totem pole. I don't I I don't um I don't feel so comfortable starting Golden Tate. I would want to start Nelson Aguilar over Golden Tate. Part of that's because of the big playability. Um I think Nelson Aguilar has more big playability. Um so I, I you know, that that's what I think about the pass catchers in, in Philadelphia, and that's how I view them for this game as well. Um as far as the running backs go feel very uh, I'm a little concerned about this running back situation so last week I actually said that this was a running back split you know and and I said that because you know Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams they were practically like splitting touches down the middle um, but now here comes Darren Sproles and so now this is a full-blown running back by committee all right I <laughs> I don't know how confident. You, I don't know how you could feel confident going in to week seventeen, and and playing one of these guys. You know, they. Um, I, I just I couldn't do it. I, I, I would not be able to do it. Um, I know that there's going to probably be opportunity to run this ball in this uh, run the ball in this game just because, um, the Redskins are just you know they they're not they don't have a good offense right now you know just cause of, because of because base you know but mainly because of injuries. Um, but also the running backs are, I mean, the, the Washington Redskins are kind of tough on running backs also. So, um, you know, they, they rank in, you know, um, on the lower end, as far as giving up, you know, fantasy points to running backs. So, um, you know, I, I, um, I don't know how you would feel good about starting one of these running backs from the Eagles. Um, you know, it, it seems like historically they, they rely on multiple guys, um, I, I I would not feel good about starting any of these guys this week. Um, I wouldn't want to start any of the running backs from the Philadelphia Eagles because you just don't know who's going to fall into the end zone. This is a pass first offense. You know they have some good pass catchers in this offense: Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. I I would not feel comfortable starting any of the running backs from the Philadelphia Eagles. On the Washington side, I'm not comfortable starting anybody. Um, yeah. I don't feel comfortable starting anybody there. Um, with with a Josh Johnson led offense, um, that that guy's done. He's done really well. I'm I'm, I think it's I think it's great what he's doing. You know, I I've heard that he's a cool guy, and um, I think it's it's um, it's cool that you know he's he's one of these journeymen that's come in. He's you know he's he's experienced and he's really, um, done well with this offense. All things considered, um, but but I'm not considering anybody from this team from a fantasy perspective. Um, the last time that these teams played, um, Adrian Peterson actually had a decent fantasy day, but a lot of it came on one target. Just, you know, kind of a fluky um, fluky day for him. He had like a 90-yard or an 80-yard touchdown, touchdown run. Um, and then, you know, he had like, eight carries the rest of the game and for like eight yards or something. So like I would not feel comfortable starting Adrian Peterson this week. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles make it a point to stop him. Um, and I think they get a win here. Cleveland Browns, all they do is win. All they do is win the Cleveland Browns that take on the Baltimore Ravens. Um, this also has fantasy, uh, excuse me. This also has playoff implications. So the Ravens, um, they, they need to win this game. Um, I, uh, you know, I don't know how this game's going to go so the the Cleveland Browns actually beat Baltimore earlier in the season, but they are playing Baltimore at home, uh, for this game. I, um, this Baltimore Ravens defense, they looked good last week against the Chargers. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I know the Cleveland Browns, they, they played pretty well against the Baltimore Ravens earlier in this season. I don't know. If we see the same result from this game, I could see, um, this game going much, much differently than there, uh, than that game earlier in the season. So granted the Cleveland Browns are a much better team now than they were, um, when than they were back then. But, um, you know, I don't know. I just don't feel, uh, uh, I don't know if I, I don't feel confident in starting any of these guys from the Browns. Um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I, um, just makes me nervous, you know, Carlos Hyde, he did have 17 rushes for 63 yards, um, you know, against the, against the Browns against the Baltimore Ravens back in week five, when he was a Cleveland Brown. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I could feel confident in starting in starting any of these guys from the Browns. I think the one person I do feel okay about is Nick Chubb. Um just because of the volume. So I think he's a he, he is a pure volume play for me. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't expect him to have a great massive day. I would consider him a high end flex. As far as the Baltimore Ravens go, um, you know, you're I think you're starting um I think you gotta start Gus Edwards this week. I don't like that Kenneth Dixon has been getting more run in this offense. But, um, you know, I guess Edwards, it still looks like he's the guy. It looks like he's the guy you want to own, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and the, and the, the, the Ravens, they, they just run the ball so much. They just between Lamar Jackson and the, and the running backs this is what they want to do. I think this is why they switched to Lamar Jackson in the first place. And they benched Joe Flacco. They want to run the ball a ton, run the clock out, play good defense, take the ball out of the opposing team's hands. Um, I think that this formula is kind of working for them. And I think that continues in this game. I think they, you see a lot of Gus Edwards, you may see a decent amount of Kenneth Dixon, but not enough to warrant fantasy. Um, starting him in fantasy. I think you've got to start Kenneth Dixon or sorry. I think you got to start Gus Edwards. Um, and I think that, you know, he's a volume play. If he falls into the end zone, I think you're, you're fairly happy with that. Next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts. They take on the Tennessee Titans. um, this is a good 820 game. this is a good Sunday night game. I um, am excited for this one because this does have uh, f- uh, this does have playoff implications here. So um, the Indianapolis Colts are currently um, they currently have that um, that wild card spot the sixth they are, they are the sixth seed right now. So um they basically it's pretty simple. a win over the Titans this week would clinch a playoff spot um they would either be the AFC uh AFC South champions uh that would require the Texans to lose um if the Texans win then they are the the Colts that is they, the Colts are the 6th seed so however if the Titans win if the Titans uh win beat the Colts then the Titans are in and they are the 6th seed um um however uh they are the if if they if the Texans lose Than the Texans are the the AFC South champions. So, um, so this, this is a, uh, this is, I think this is gonna be a good game here. So, um, not necessarily, you know, I don't think it's gonna be high flying. I don't think there's gonna be a whole lot of scoring necessarily. Um, but the pressure's on for these teams. Like, both of these teams, um, they understand what's at stake. Um, one of these teams is gonna go to the playoffs, one of them is gonna come very, very close and then go home. So, um, I think we're going to see a good game on Sunday night from these teams. Um, as far as the Titans side goes, so the Titans, um, they have really been relying on, um, they're kind of taking the same approach that we've seen from like teams like the Jaguars late last year and the Ravens this year. They're running the ball a ton, and they're trying to play good defense. I don't think their defense is as good as some of these other teams that are doing it. But, um, you know, when, you're got, when you have a running back that's running as well as Derrick Henry, it may not matter. So, um, you know, he uh, kind of comes back down to earth last week. You know, he, uh, you know, he blew up uh, three weeks ago, blew up again two weeks ago, and then he kind of comes back down to earth this past weekend. Um, but I still like him. I still like him going into this game. Um, I still think it's a pretty favorable matchup. Um, still a pretty favorable matchup. For uh, for Derrick Henry, Um, the Colts are pretty tough against running backs, but um, that's not scaring me away because I think that Derrick Henry is just running so well, and you know he's uh, you know he's just really you know I feel like he's kind of found his confidence and and got into a little bit of a groove. You know, the more touches he gets, I think the more effective he is, and so I think the Titans have realized that, so they're just trying to load him up with touches and, and trying to wear down defenses. Um, so I expect them to take a similar approach to this game. The only way that I think that doesn't happen is if the Colts, um, if their offense is just so prolific, but I don't know if, um, I don't know if I have a lot of confidence in the, in the Colts just running away with this game. Um, you know, the Colts, they, you know, they, they have some potential, you know, to put up, you know, a decent amount of, uh, of points, but you know, they are playing in Tennessee. They're playing in Nashville. Um, you know, I think that the Titans defense, they play pretty well here. Um, so I think that this game is gonna be close. I think there's gonna be opportunity for Derrick Henry to get plenty of run in this game. From the Indianapolis Colts side, um, you know, I think the the only player um that I'm really nervous about starting is Marlon Mack. So Marlon Mack you know, Marlon Mack, I feel like Marlon Mack is one of those players. He's always he's a player, he's a big play waiting to happen all the time. So he, he's um you know he he i don't know if he necessarily profiles as you know a guy that that runs he's always that runs between the tackles a bunch but um you know he he's he's been pretty efficient um with his touches you know this year uh, when he's been playing that is um and it feels like there's not a lot of in between the margin um the margin for you know his fantasy uh production has been you know pretty wide so his range of outcomes is just so wide. It's just, uh, he is kind of a gamble. So, you know, it seems like he's either scoring you 10 points or he's scoring you 25. It's never, you know, 15, 18. Like, it's always something, it's always, you know, either like 10 points, 9 points, or like he may be scoring you 25, 30 points. So, um, against the Tennessee Titans, I've got to think that, he's more likely to score 10 points, 11 points for you because the Tennessee Titans are tough against running backs. They give up the fourth fewest points to the running back position. So I don't feel great about Marlon Mack this week. You know, if you don't have better options, I get it. Um, you know, especially, you know, if you're, let's say you're playing a tough opponent, you know, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you want to play Marlon Mack and hope that he has a 30 point game for you, then I get it you may have to based on your opponent and may, cause you know, I, I talked about this last week with David Johnson, you know, some of these, you know, you may have to start some of these players that have high upside just because you're going up since against such a juggernaut in your league. Um, you know, if that's if you have Marlon Mack on your team and you feel like your chances of, of winning aren't very high, then maybe you do swing for the fences on Marlon Mack and hope that he, he falls into the end zone and has a couple of big plays. So I'm perfectly okay with that. Sometimes you got to do it um, and just, let the chips fall where they may as far as uh Andrew Luck um I think you got to start Andrew Luck this week um the Titans um there's they're, they're pretty tough against quarterbacks as well they the, they give up the fifth fewest points to the quarterback position but Andrew Luck um back in week 11 um he puts up 297 passing yards three touchdowns against the Titans so I still feel good about him having a decent day Um, even in Nashville. I feel good about him having a decent day against uh, this Titans defense. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I think you got to fire him up. Just, you know, there's way too much upside there. Um, The Titans, they they give up the 13th most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. So they're much more, um, you know, it's it's a much more favorable matchup for wide receivers than it is quarterbacks and running backs. So um, I feel good about, uh, I feel good about T.Y. Hilton this week against the Titans. Um, as far as Eric Ebron goes, um, if you found Eric Ebron you picked him up, then he's been an absolute gem for you this year. So, um, you know, it seems like he's kind of rejuvenated his career a little bit in, 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 in Indianapolis. Um, however, he draws a tough matchup this week against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans give up the fewest points to the tight end position. Um you know, how lucky do you feel? So, I mean, if you, the, the, the tight end position has been decimated this year. Um, if you have no, there are better options then I wouldn't feel terrible, terrible about rolling out Eric Ebron. Um, Andrew Luck, he does like throwing to his tight ends, especially in the red zone. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this week. Um, you know, I will be, be be producing more episodes in the near future, so make sure you guys do come back. Make sure you guys listen um, in the future. Just because the fantasy football season is about to end, that does not mean that um, that these episodes are going to end until next year. I'm still going to produce episodes um, until further notice. Um, you know, i got a couple ideas for you guys. I'm probably going to do, um, you know, some stuff in pop culture. Um, I'm likely going to be talking about the um, playoff picture, you know there's some leagues out there that that are only in the playoffs so you can like you know pick players that are playing in the playoffs um and and have you know fantasy matchups that way so i will likely be talking about stuff like that as well so make sure you guys tune in i want to do a couple other things with you guys and and um so make sure you guys subscribe and uh make sure you guys listen to future episodes as well so i'll catch you guys next time i hope you guys Have an excellent weekend. I wish you guys the best of luck in your week 17 matchup. See you later. What's
0: your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all for your fantasy team. Fantasy football podcast. This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy, y'all?